blue skies cool. They seduce us, pulling us irresistibly upwards, reminding us to fly our own line, on our wings, and in life. We are the seekers, adventurers, being one with the air, feeling everything and nothing at once. That's the magic we chase. Follow the call. Find your pure wild flight with NZ Aerosports. Of course, I absolutely love the NZ Aerosports business model. I mean, come on. One glance at an Icarus fuck yeah sticker and you know it lines up perfectly with the fucking pilot mentality. But outside their wonderful use of colorful language and a great company vibe, there's a long list of reasons to say NZ Aerosports fuck yeah. NZ Aerosports blows me away right out of the gate as a canopy manufacturer with a bold offer. They give you 10 jumps on your brand new nylon to decide if you want to keep it, swap it out, or even return it for a refund. I mean, seriously, how incredible is that? That's like getting halfway through a prom and deciding you prefer the slightly racier date that goes down faster. Seriously, they do that. If you're not madly in love with your new canopy after 10 jumps, they'll let you swap it out for another size or model or even get your money back. And the range of canopies they've got? Man, they've got a style canopy to fit every jumper and every situation with models you know and trust. Like the Sapphire 3, the perfect choice for the beginner or intermediate canopy pilot. The Crossfire 3, when you're ready to kick it up that elliptical notch. The JFX 2, if you're looking to up your new swoop game. The Leia, as the workhorse and dirt water dirt beast. Or the Petra. The Petra cranks out crazy power and is nothing short of a record breaker. But hey, it's not always about speed either. Take the Kraken. Built as a low-pack volume canopy, specifically with wingsuiting in mind, she gives you all the performance you're looking for with the reliability you need that'll have you itching for that next formation, rodeo, or puffy cloud. So, the equipment is top-of-the-line kick-ass stuff, as you already know, but how about the team? Well, the customer service gang is there to sort you out whenever you need them. Maddie and Beto are always there to help with Jen holding the reins. They're available for you at sales at nzaerosports.com, and they've got a kick-ass live chat tool on the website if you're wanting to hit someone up right away. These are the crew you're going to want to talk to to get those custom orders in. With the stock nylon, once you know what you want, they'll have that shit on a FedEx truck as soon as the credit card machine says approved and get you in the air in no time. For your custom orders, you'll be able to get a time frame for building and shipping when you design it, so get to it. And demos. They've got demos in the U.S. available from their partner Rock Sky Market. The whole U.S. demo fleet is there with Sapphire 3, Crossfire 3, Kraken, JFX2, and Leia canopies in a range of sizes. They also offer student and tandem demos in the U.S. Bottom line, every step of the way, NZ Aerosports is there to get you what you need, and I personally couldn't be happier to be teamed up with them here on Lunatic Fringe. And now, time to get started with Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, brought to you proudly by NZ Aerosports. Fuck yeah! Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go! Back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void with this fucking guy. <laughs> We've done this before, but we're going to do it again. And there's some people that might not recognize the face, but they'll probably know the name or the voice. Who the fuck are you and what do you do? My name is Billy Sharman and I... Uh... Billy Sharman. Billy Sharman. Back again. Jesus Christ, man. 
Billy Sharman, you've been jumping for a little while. She is. You've been yeah. in the aviation game for a bit. Oh. Fucking hell. Tell me your story, man. How the hell did you get started in, well, not just in skydiving, but in anything extreme? Anything extreme? Well, yeah. I don't know how to say extreme, really, because my life has just been normal to me. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, so uh, some people think it's extreme, but it's not really. Eh? Assume extreme from a normal person's perspective. And we are normal. No, we're not even fucking <laughs> close to normal. <laughs> not even. Cheers. We are not even close to uh, normal. Salute. Cheers, buddy. There we go. Thanks for having me over. I appreciate yeah. it. So how did you get started? I mean, was it just straight into skydiving or did you, were you climbing, surfing, doing anything like that no, as a kid? No, it was pretty much, um, my mother was a skydiver Okay. back in the day. She was California state champion many, many years ago. She uh, had a thousand jumps on rounds. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And she still was walking. Yeah. A lot shorter than when she was when she started, but she was still walking. And um, yeah, I decided, you know, I was playing rugby and for for Sac State University in California, mm. and I decided, you know, one day, let's go try skydiving. Really? Know? So I did one jump, and old Ray Feller off, offered me another jump, twenty percent off the same day. So I was like, yes, please, let's go. And from then on, I was hooked. Fucking good old Ray. Could not get over how fucking cool skydiving was. Yeah, yeah, or is. Well, and ever the businessman, Ray. Hello, Ray. We love you. Good to see you, buddy. You old prick. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Um, so uh, first off, what were you going to school for? I was going to become a physiotherapist. So you fucked that up. Yeah. 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 Instead you became a patient. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> I do physio myself. Yeah. 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 I was, I was laying tile actually. Okay. Well, well, and when you and I met, you were doing an aviation thing on the side with your dad. Yeah. I was, uh, we were dismantling aircraft and shipping aircraft all over How the world. How the fuck did you get started doing that? Well, my dad was a mechanic okay. and a pilot. Okay, so he was an AMP yes. or just a mechanic? No, AMP. Okay, everything. He had all the ratings, all the licenses, and yeah, I was working with him, and you know, we were shipping aircraft all over the world, right. Brazil, South Africa, uh, DRC, you name. We sent one day to Sri Lanka. Okay, and that was a great, great story. But anyway, we were doing all that stuff, and we were at the same airport where. Uh, Ray Farrell had his drop zone in Skydance. Yeah, so that was uh, Yolo County Airport. Yeah, yeah. Massive fucking, uh, uh, was, it was a retired military strip, wasn't it? I think so. I, don't, I think so, yeah. All back in the day. Because it's huge. Yeah, it's a big, big Look, airport. I would cross the, the threshold numbers landing at that airport doing 140 knots at 10 feet and float and three quarters of the runway and yeah. you've still got nothing but runway ahead. Yeah. It's like a two-mile long run. It's great. Yeah, fucking Super huge. Big. Fucking huge. So... Your mom's California state champion. You do the jump and, and Ray, of course, tosses out his sales pitch and, and does a good job of it because it mm. was Ray. Um, what about your dad? Did he jump or did my he have dad, interest? Hey, my dad did two jumps. One static line long time ago when he was maybe I was like, he must have been 20, 35 when he 20, 25, 30 okay. when he did that. And then the next Scott I've, I ever, he ever did was when he did a tandem with me the day I got the day after I got married. That's cool. Yeah. That's fucking cool. At the drop zone that I now own. <laughs> it's crazy how full circle that goes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, plus how cool to be able to take your dad. Yeah. I, I never had the balls to take my kid, my mom, or my dad. I've been on skydives with all of them, but I never. Well, I didn't take him on a skydive. You just went with I've him. never been a tandem instructor. Oh. Oh. Pussy. Yeah. No. 
Hey, you know, I don't know many of my friends that are gone this long in the business and have, you know, I've got 18 jumps on as a tandem, but all in the front. Yeah. Oh, nothing in the back. No, man. Uh, no. Still, though, it's super, super cool to be able to have that experience. With absolutely. Wow. Um, especially considering how you did it and where you did it. Yeah. Uh, but you so you do the first jump and then the second jump with Ray. So Skydance was your home drop zone. Yeah, for sure. For That's I think so six cool. years. eh? Really? Mm. Well, how did how did the whole sport progress for you? I mean, you did those first couple of jumps, and obviously, mom was an active skydiver, so she was probably very. Well, she wasn't really a, an active skydiver. She, uh, you know, when I did my thousands jump about a year almost almost no about a year and a half later, like I did a thousand jumps in my first year and a half. Like I took all my money and threw it at skydiving, <laughs> and then I had no more money. <laughs> and then I. Uh, you know, I had to learn how to pack to pay pay the bills. Right. I had to live in my van for right. a few years. Then I became a rigger. Right. And then uh and then I got into uh the tunnel and I got a job in Arizona. Right. So I was there for a year, year and a half, and then I moved back to Calif back to California from Arizona, tunnel instructor, then moved to Tahoe with Wes. Sure. Oh man. Uh, that was a good one. Scott of Tahoe. We had a good time there. That well, was heavy, though. Before we get too far afield, let's talk about Skydance first, because yeah. that place, especially when they're, that really amazing crew was there, was just such a fucking fun place. Yeah. And it was fun and wild, but it wasn't out of control wild. I mean, well, it was pretty good. Hey, It wasn't things that I've seen after that. We were quite tame. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, I came to Skydance from Cross Keys. So I came from what was the craziest fucking drop zone on the planet at the mm. time to what was a fun drop zone. Mm. Like it wasn't out of control compared to what I had seen. Yeah. Uh, we weren't mainly Keys. about tandems. We were, we were mainly about fun jumping. Yeah. Fun jumping can pay for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, and I mean, a fair amount of tandems did get done there, but um, Skydance was always really good about cultivating the fun jumpers yes. and the the free fly teams. Bringing and, up the sport. Yeah, because it was uh, uh, Ryan had Groovylicious with, uh, who was on that? I was on Groovylicious, yeah. myself and Kurt Vert. Kurt Vert, you, wasn't Ryan Groovylicious? Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Arnold, yes. Yeah. And then there was Guano. Yeah, there was that's Jank. Right. Yeah. Jank was that's going, right. Brownlow and the boys, Sharky, Bob. That's right. Yeah, man. Dude, the the some of the stories that have come out of Skydance, my favorites always being the the Jim Matthews stories. Yeah, oh, I love Jim Matthews. The rotating beacons. <laughs> I got him. I got him to tell that story on the podcast, and the way he, of course, you know, the way he tells it is oh. just you're fucking pissing your pants yeah, laughing so when he's describing a burning scrotum on yeah. the airport beacon <laughs> and shit. Now, were you there for that? Yes, I live. We all lived. Myself, Ryan Arnold, and and Jim lived in the double wide together. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Three bedroom yeah. double wide and it was good, eh? It was good times. I never walked in the double wide without there being beyond a fully stocked bar. Yeah. In that place. Yeah. Holy uh, we were, shit. And you know, barbecue bry area was, you know, full on it was right. It was, you know, what uh, two hundred meters from the drop zone. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. What uh, um what tell me the story of the van when you got the van. No, nah, I can't tell the story again. Come on. No, no, you no, have no, to. No, no. You have to. All these people haven't heard it. <laughs> Come on. Well, you know, it was, you know, obviously we meet young ladies. At the it, happens. Zone. Yeah, it happens. You know, there's some good looking young ladies and uh, she wanted to uh, get to know me better, I guess you could say. And um, she, they wouldn't, she wouldn't let me park my van close to the drop zone. She says, no, we need to get further away. So 
She's kind of a smart girl. Oh, I guess, you know. And then she, so we went down the road and took a right behind the gun club. And as we go behind the gun club, there's these, you know, these um, water they think there's they're like they're, there's the the troughs that yeah. feed the farms with yeah, water, yeah. right? Yeah, the the uh, the uh, irrigation ditches. Irrigation dishes. There you go. And I, I had a, a cup. I had one or two drinks, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And it was, it was a good time, you know. We we're having fun, young, you know, enjoying ourselves. And uh, I was—I knew there was a ditch there. I just knew it. And like, I was so close to stopping, and I, as I was about to stop, the front wheel just goes <laughs> into the irrigation ditch. Of course. So anyway, you know, myself and this young lady were like, "Well, fuck it, let's uh, slide a good time." Yeah, it was fun. And uh, the next day, I walked to the drop zone. I called triple A. I was like, you need to get out here right now as fast as possible. Please get out here. And as I was on the drop zone waiting for triple A over the microphone comes old uncle Ray. Oh God. Billy Sharman <laughs> come to my office right now. <laughs> I, and I dreaded hearing those words. Yeah. Pulled me in his office and he said, you know what? Get your shit and get the fuck off of my drop zone and don't come back. And I, you know, I guess it was a blessing in disguise. It got me <laughs> off the drop zone. It got me to get, could be in, put me into a, a tunnel into Arizona. They didn't know what was happening. They didn't sure. know my past. It was sure. good, you know. And um, funny enough, after that, like Ray and I became really good friends. Yeah. Ray's helped me with my business. He he sold me a door for my aircraft. Yeah. He sold me railings. He's helped me. Yeah. Helped me with seat belts. He's, you know, it's been really like a massive mentor to me sure. and helped me out with air, well, not everything, but the biggest part, because now I operate an aircraft and yeah. I didn't fucking know what I was doing oh, when it comes to operating aircraft, man. but now I know. Yeah. Don't go and buy an aircraft <laughs> for skydiving. It's fucking difficult. Yeah. Going to hurt you, but you know, you learn the hard way. Yeah. And um, Ray's been a massive mentor. Ray, I love you, buddy. You fucking help me like you cannot believe. You know, it's funny. I've got great stories about Ray and, and uh, same thing. You'd hear your name come over the PA system and you're like, oh, fuck, man. What what now? This yeah. is not whatever it is. It's not going to be fun. For me, it was always because I fucked up paperwork or something like that. And then one particular time, uh, you remember uh, Amy that used to work for the FAA? Yes. Um, so she had gotten these pictures of me um, rolling, the, rolling the pack over on descent uh, right after exit. And newer pack pilot i'm having fun mm. they were slightly aggressive descents and ray could tell by the sound of it no well he couldn't tell by the sound of it but she had uh, um put a bunch of pictures on a disc this is back when he had these silver spinny things that went into the machine and it would spin around and you'd copy it and then you had to put that in another computer there wasn't you couldn't just text it <laughs> <laughs> and she put the disc on the pilot desk in my pilot office with uh dean's mad flying skills on it and of course ray goes in there and sees it and goes oh what the fuck has this guy been up to and of course he pulls up the first picture and it's the exit and i'm already vertical with the door closed <laughs> on the way down and he brings me to the office and i'm sure he's gonna chew me a new asshole and uh, he slides the fucking disc over and he's like you seen these i'm like um yeah he's like you got the picture now yeah he's all so you don't need to do that again <laughs> no okay <laughs> And I walked out of there really fucking confused because I thought he was just going to tear into me. And oh, he was like super funny. cool and just did that. 
And then cut to a couple of years later when I was turning in my notice because I was going to go fly for Chicago, he flips out and got super mad at me and, and was running around telling everybody that I was just phoning it in and being half-assed and this and that. And I'll never forget, I got super pissed. It's the only time I'd ever yelled at Ray. And I walked into the office, closed the door behind him and yelled at him and said, God damn it, I've been working for you as hard as I possibly could up till now. And I'm going to do it until the day that I leave. So you need to tell, stop telling people I'm half-assing it. And he went, Fair enough. <laughs> Shook my hand. And from that day on, it was a whole different relationship. Yeah. But he was always a super cool guy. I mean, uh, he wanted things the way that he wanted them. And if you didn't do that, he was going to fucking tell you yeah, so. Exactly. Learned a lot from Ray, huh? Fair as, straight, as straightforward as he was, learned how to become straight. I mean, I learned a lot from Ray. He's the reason I'm a jump pilot. Mm. Uh, he, uh, when I, uh, I got my commercial and, and uh, he let me fly the, at the time it was the 182 for jumpers. Yeah. And then um, Brad, um, uh, Aussie Brad got me a gig um, jumping in Fiji and I was supposed to be able to go jump and fly for a season and it was the off season for Skydance so I asked Ray I'm like hey I'm supposed to be able to go and fly this plane um, what's it going to take for me to get into the pack he's like well you need to come back with a thousand hours logged and then you can start training Total and, time. Uh, yeah a uh, thousand hours logged for insurance and then you can start training in the pack and I'm like Oof, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get like 500 hours when I'm there he's all stupid Come back with a thousand hours logged. <laughs> and I went. <laughs> so cut to me going to Fiji and coming back. Yeah. Hey, Ray, I was thinking about trying to get in the pack. How many hours you got? Thousand hours logged. <laughs> He's the reason I'm a jump pilot. Yeah. That's it. You know, I mean, uh, he put me in the plane when, you know, no sane person is going to put a fucking hundred hour commercial pilot uh, mm. flying operations and and uh, then put me in the pack as soon as I was qualified to do that. And and I flew a fuck ton of hours for him until I got to go fly the Twin Otter. Yeah. So hats off to Ray. You know, I mean, he and he did that for a lot of fucking people. Yeah. yeah. And now he's retired on the beach somewhere in, in the, the Keys. Yeah. Fucking living the Jimmy Buffett. Life. I don't think he's retired, but. Semi-retired. Semi-retired. That guy's never going to be able to take all his toes no. out of the pool. No way. No, definitely There's not. no fucking way. I just saw a picture of him in, uh, I think they were in Mexico or Fiji or something. At, a, at, a, at one of those um, tsunami books, tsunami skydivers boogies. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember when uh, um, he had to ferry the Pac-750 to Hawaii? The very first one. No, no, no. So the first one that came from Hawaii and the guy crashed it off the yeah, coast and yeah, died. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you didn't know that, the first ever Pac-750 to go to the United States is still about 100 miles off the California coast. And it's still, it's that red, white, and, and or pardon me, uh, uh, red, yellow, and blue paint scheme. One. Yeah, it's still. They, it's, they did that again. Second yeah, aircraft. Yeah. Okay. So the second one obviously made it, but he had to ferry a pack to Hawaii because they were renting it from him. Mm -hmm. And he went with, uh, um, fuck, I can't remember his name, the doctor pilot that would uh, fill in every once in a while. <sighs> Older guy, gray hair, doctor. Gene. And uh -huh. a pilot. But so he, he was uh, Ray was trying to get people to go with him as as co-pilots uh, to Hawaii from fucking California against the wind in a pack. And they've got a bunch of fuel and he had to put the UHF uh, antenna and everything on it. And the very first time they went uh, for whatever reason, they couldn't get the UHF working. So they had to turn around and come back land at max gross weight with the fuel. And they go the next day, and I guess they're leaving in the middle of the night so that the timing is where they arrive. They're going to be arriving in sunlight. And apparently, they finally get going, and there's no fucking moon. It's jet black. And the other guy, whose name I can't remember, is taking a nap. Ray's flying. And the other guy tells the story by saying, 
I wake up all of a sudden because I'm getting fucking bounced around all over the place. And I say, Ray, what the hell's going on? And Ray's response was, I'm recovering. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. you're hand flying a Pac-750 from fucking California yeah. to Hawaii. No autopilot, no stars, no horizon for that kind of time. Fuck yeah. me, Ray, you've got bigger balls than yeah. I'll ever have. We did that, we did that in, a, in, a, in an Islander, in a Trilander. We took off out of Oakland airport and two and a half, three hours later, we were still at like 2000 feet, 3000 feet. It fucking wouldn't climb. Going to New Zealand, going to uh, Christmas Island. Oh Jesus. Yeah. It's a long way. How the hell did, was that with your dad? Yeah. Oh, man, that's, that's the scary shit. Yeah. That's the shit that puckers me up. Like yeah. uh, uh, there was a, a guy named Paul Erickson that was a, a, a camera flyer and tandem instructor out of Cross Keys that became a pilot and then became a ferry pilot. And he actually went down uh, and passed away in Greenland on a ferry flight with mm. a Cessna. So it's all these on terrible way to, on Reykjavik. I think so, yeah. And you know fucking how crazy that is? We, uh, we took a King Air 200B, Albuquerque, New Mexico, all the way to South Africa. Fucking hell. That yeah, was a long trip. I mean, I was young at the time. I was 12, 13 at the time. And uh, my dad was saying, this is this is how I do it. You know, explaining the whole situation to me with the ferry tanks and the 182s and stuff. Right. And we were letting down into, into Reykjavik. And we were hearing mayday, mayday, mayday from this dude in that 182. No shit. Uh, and he went in as well. No shit. You know, oh, crazy story. Hell, it's aviation, right? And it's skydiving. It's it, it, it's inherently dangerous, no matter how safe we make it. And we've made skydiving pretty fucking safe, safe, right? Mm. I mean, this is not your mom's version of skydiving. Yeah. When you're buying fucking surplus canopies at the Army Navy store, mm-hmm. this is this is next level oh. safe shit. What do they say when sex was safe and, and uh, skydiving sorry. was dangerous? Yeah, 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 yeah. fuck yeah, <laughs> man. I had a I had one of those shirts. Yeah. I got it in Paris Valley back in like '98. Right. Yeah long fucking time ago well so how'd you end up in the tunnel um so i fly i fly san francisco they were opening and i volunteered i mean uh, they they were like so who wants to become a tunnel instructor i was like i fucking want to be a tunnel instructor right so i fly san francisco they paid for my uh my tunnel rating and everything and i went to arizona did the tunnel did the tunnel um rating and i passed and then as i was leaving they came to me and said, listen, you know, one of our guys didn't pass and San Francisco isn't going to start for another six, five months. Mm. Ended up being a year and a half later when we finally opened. Right. And I, uh, they said, you want to come work for us? And I was like, yeah, sweet. Perfect. I'll come. Nice. So I went to San Francisco. I, I left, I left Arizona, drove to, drove to back to California, packed my shit yep. and came straight back <laughs> to Arizona. And I was roommates with, ended up being roommates with Plammer and, and Timmy. Nice. Yeah, that was a, Nice. That was interesting, you know. I okay. a few years younger than me, and uh, I mean, I lost a few years of my life there. But um, <laughs> Timmy and Plammer, what fuck? And I miss those guys. It's been a long time since I've seen those boys. Well, spent now... a lot of time with Timmy in 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 in, uh, the, in, in the Middle East. Yep. But Plammer, I haven't seen him forever. It's crazy how I mean. Obviously, everybody gets spread to the four corners, especially in the sport. And, and mm. now there's fucking tunnels everywhere. So even if they're still active in the sport, God only knows where they're going to end oh, up. Well, but, when Timmy and I got together, back we got back together after Arizona because we all left. I mean, I think at one stage there was there were three tunnel instructors that didn't have jobs, hmm. and all three of us 
the same time. Jackson Payne. Mm, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. A long time yeah. to that name. God damn, uh, I know it. All right. Yeah. All three of us, we jumped uh, jumped on the boat and off we came. That was good. Gotta love it, man. Man, Timmy, I had a funniest story about Timmy. Please. We uh, we arrived we arrive at the airport and uh, oh, we want a Coke, you know? So, yeah, buy a Coke for Timmy. Open it and have my Coke. And Timmy takes his and goes... In fact, my mind's broken, Billy. I'm like, no, it's not, dude. He's never seen a pullback Coke in his life. <laughs> so I pull it back. I had it back. I'm there. You go, my boy. <laughs> Too funny. Dude. Well, I, I mean, come on. You, you get all different types in this fucking sport. Oh, he's oh, never man. seen a debate, a bidet before. And I was like, it's a water fountain for him. He was about to drink from it. That's a lot. <laughs> no, that's bad. That's bad. I was well, like, Whoa. that was, um, you'll know from uh, spending your time in the Middle East, the squirty hoses. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Greatest fucking thing in the world, but you'd never think about it because in the States, the, if you know how to handle it. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. So lots of power. For most of the Americans, you guys are used to having that squirty hose at the kitchen sink where you spray your dishes down and all that, or especially in the, the big working kitchens. Well, in the Middle East, in a lot of the countries, you have that next to the toilet, which the first time you see it is pretty fucking intimidating. <laughs> and if you're not ready for it, it can be quite a shock, but it becomes the most amazing thing in the world. It's got some when, power behind it. Man, I'm, tell, I'm telling you what, yeah, when water starts leaking out of your eyes, because you get it wrong. <laughs> one of these Holy <laughs> shit, yeah. But you, you know no joy better than only having to use toilet paper to dab the water off your ass it's amazing i highly recommend it don't knock it till you try it no no <laughs> by the way before i forget you were the one that was standing with your dad when i broke my tailbone yes please yes. i want your perspective of this story because i only know mine and mine feels much cooler than what i'm sure you saw well <laughs> you know my dad we were, we were taking this aircraft apart and uh my dad says to me billy come look they're landing so we come outside and I'd known Dean for a while, mm. you know, so I'm like, yeah, okay, if I can watch Scott Ivers land, yay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and all I see is Dean fucking coming, and he's low, and I just start cringing, I'm like, ooh, this is gonna fucking hurt, dad, he's like, what do you mean, looks fine to me, and skadoosh, <laughs> and here comes Dean, punishing the ground, like, he taught the ground a lesson that Yes, day. I did, yes, I and did. And old Perry. Oh, my uh, God. Perry Colburn. That man, I think he had a heart attack watching Dean hit the ground that day. He yeah. thought he'd watch a friend die. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, you hit the ground hard. <laughs> I know. And I, I think the ground had been tilled or something it just had. before. It was a little bit softer than what it normally is. And uh, off goes Perry. And I'm standing there going, oh, should we go? No, I think uh, we should go back to work, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we don't need to see this. No, and, and, and you, you were okay. Yeah. You know, but... Well, kind of okay. I, I remember I stood up because, you know, the natural reaction is you're always going to stand right up and try and assess. But you want to be standing up so that yeah. nobody's panicking. And I stand up just as Perry is arriving and he drops down to his knees and he's got his arms wrapped around my waist. And he's literally got a tear coming out of his eyes because he mm -hmm. was convinced I was fucked. And I still got all the adrenaline going and something's not feeling quite right with my butt, mm. but I don't quite know what. And I was busy signing Zach off to fly the Cessna. So it's the first time I had jumped in like six months and I hooked my fucking Velo like I'd been on it the day before. Uh, it was 96. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, I hooked this thing around like I'd been on it the day before, totally uncurrent and drilled myself into the ground. Boom. And then Ray, you fucker 
knew I'd fucking drilled myself in and still had me turn in pack loads. Yeah. So now my ass is throbbing and I, I get through most of the day and I'm like, I time out. I got you've go. never broken your tailbone, which I have. Oh dude. It is. You got a little fucking little thing you sit on from like a month. Oh dude. It was just, oh. well, especially when I'm the full-time pilot there at the time. So my job is literally sitting down all fucking day, but I go to the emergency that. room and they do the x-ray <laughs> And before the x-ray, I'm in the, I'm in the room and the doctor comes in and the doctor says the stupidest thing I've ever heard out of a doctor's mouth. She says, so uh, what happened? Uh, I, I hurt myself skydiving. Did your parachute not open? <laughs> and the nurse is standing there behind the doctor. And I'm like, can I have a different fucking doctor? Are you serious? Cut to the x-ray. She gets the x-ray and she gets the x-ray back and she puts it up and she's like, has your tailbone always aimed in like that? And I'm like, don't know. Never had an x-ray in my ass before, but thanks. And she's all, well, your tailbones, the last bit is like bent in towards your anus. And I'm like, okay. And, and she's all, well, I mean, we can fix it. And my response was, does that involve shoving anything up my ass? And she's like, oh yeah, we'd need to go up there and get a grip on it and snap it straight. And I'm like, is it going to cause problems down the road? She's like, no, I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. Thanks. No, no, no. no. The idea of, oh, could you imagine? Oh. <laughs> I broke mine in Texas. How did you do that? Jumping? I was landing. It was after a rainstorm. <laughs> and obviously, you know, big rainstorm in Texas. Was it the world champs or something? Nah, no, the world champs. Yeah. And uh, it rained the night before. And, um, you know, they didn't they didn't clear out the landing area, and obviously the there was this little peak like this. Right. And I landed, flared, do a landed on my tailbone. Fuck, I've never. But it's painful. It hurt me Your for tailbone, years. It took takes a long time to yeah. recover from that. Yeah, yeah, it hurt me for years. I still have uh, some slightly uh, uncomfortable shits now and then. <laughs> <laughs> not, not sure. As you do. No. Yeah, as you do. As you do. As you get older. Um, and we aren't getting any younger, man. No, cheers, though. Cheers, buddy. Come on, we've made it a lot further than a lot of the people there we know. For fucking hell, this guy right up here, as a matter of fact, uh, where is he, Mr. Donnie Donnie, Brown? We're talking about Donnie Brown earlier. Yeah. Cheers to Donnie cheers, Brown, buddy. man. The fucking greatest grin and the best hugs yeah. from any dude I've ever gotten. Yeah. Him and Courtney, yeah. oh my god, miss them both. These, this, this couple, story. man, if anybody that's listening that knows these guys, Donnie was just the most amazing. I don't think I ever saw him pissed off. No. Um, just this, the biggest fucking sweetheart ever. And Courtney and him were stupid in love. They'd been together for how many years and yeah. they fucking couldn't stay away from each other. And uh, um, almost kind of a testament to how much they loved each other. Donnie died and, and she did not stay around like two years, years longer. Years, huh? Yeah. You know, and still very young. And I think she just mm. was ready to go. Yeah. Which is beautiful. She was, and sad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. She, was she was not the same person afterwards. No. But that to, I, I wrote an article a long time ago about it. And, and that was to this day, still the most amazing memorial I've ever been to. Yeah. Cause I flew back. I was working for Seaborn at the time and I jump seated back from St. Croix um, and show up in Davis and um, they had that massive hangar. There must have been two or three hundred people uh, for that memorial. This beautiful, stirring memorial. Everybody there listening to everybody talking about Donnie and then finishing it off with a massive him, him, fuck him, mm. which was just everybody's laughing and crying at the same time. <laughs> Donnie would have fucking loved that shit. Uh, what a personality. Yeah, Donnie Brown. 
Anyway, a cut to uh, um, you own a fucking drop zone, dude. Can you believe it? No. Yeah. No, you're not an adult. There's no fucking way you're an adult <laughs> with like kids and real shit going on. Well, I learned how to become a real adult when the gas prices fucking crashed. <laughs> <laughs> that was difficult. Yeah, that's actually a good question. Oh. Uh, talking to somebody that owns a skydiving operation in modern times, fucking COVID times and crazy fuel and stuff. Yeah. How crazy stressful is that? Man, I... Lost a little bit of hair, I have to admit. <laughs> Got a little bit gray. I'm yeah. scared to cut my hair, actually. <laughs> See how short it actually is. Um, it's difficult. Eh? People think uh, owning a drop zone is easy. Anybody can really do it. Hmm. Um, it takes a, a certain type of person. It's a very and, specific kind of stupid. Yeah. It yeah. really is. Yeah. You're insane. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I always listen to these stories. Ah, oh, you know, it takes a lot. You know, you take, what, what's the saying? You take a lot of money. You want to own a drop zone, you start with a lot of money, you make just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Start with five million and you'll end up with one. Well, I didn't start with that much. Yeah. That could have been nice, but <laughs> right. I didn't start with that much. But you know, it's the drop zone life is is good. Hey, I I, I jump a lot still. Mm. Um, do a lot of coaching, a lot of AFF, a lot of canopy coaching. Mm. Um, I've got a good crew at the drop zone, a good support system. There's a lot of people involved and uh, a lot of behind the scenes stuff that nobody ever sees. Sure. That's difficult to manage. Sure. Um, but if you've got the right crew, if you've got the right people behind you, it's it's it gets a lot easier. For sure. No. Yeah. Well, now, especially coming from the background that you have and having been the wild child on the drop zone and fucking mm. shit up and getting thrown out of places and then welcomed back and all that stuff. Um, do you find, as I would think, that it's extremely important to try and um, behind the scenes manage all these different alpha personalities? You know, yeah, it's, it's difficult, eh? We, we, I let people do what they want to do. But I explained to them, I said, look, here, this is an adult's playground. Hmm. And we are all adults. But yet, I have a safety record that I need to keep up. I have, hmm. you know, a name that I've made for myself over the years. Sure. You know, some people say it's bad. Some people say it's good. I, I've, I kind of feel like I've picked myself up a lot sure. throughout the years, you know. And um, it's, it's difficult to say that, you know, you understand exactly what's going on right but when you when it comes down to it hey guys you know we've i'm running a business hmm. and my business my my personal business to keep people alive sure i mean i've i've had countless amount of friends killed themselves and sure all my friends have killed themselves with an open parachute yeah you know yeah i i think i'm in my life i mean i've been around 20 years now i've seen one bounce and i've was, only seen one and that was from a cutaway yeah and two guys just collided and one cut away. One had a, one had a sky hook. Got my sky hook. <laughs> Never take it off. The other one didn't have a sky hook, you know? Yeah. So, and this is for a reason. Yeah. So I'd rather hit the ground with line twist than line stretch is what I like to say. Oh yeah. You yeah. Know? So sky hook, put your sky hook on. It's good for you. Um, but uh, yeah, I, all the people that I've seen kill themselves. Open parachutes. The only bounce I ever saw, the only no pull, no nothing was uh, a buddy that was hammered fucking drunk when he did it. And he'd had so many um, Cypress fires that his solution to not paying for the repacks was to take the Cypress out. Yeah. So it was not a surprise. Like when That's I fun. met, his name was Craig Kusky. When I met Kusky, he was introduced to me by my friend Kim as the next guy that's going to go in. Yeah. And he was. Yeah. Yeah. Watched it happen. Not fun. 
Don't no, recommend it. That's why you got to be fucking crazy to to want to run a drop zone. Um, for as much as I talk shit about uh, um, Michael Hawks, the owner of Skydive Las Vegas, the original Skydive Las Vegas, um, and my least favorite DZO ever to walk the planet, I understand him a lot more 25 years in than I did those first couple of years because he was fucking psychotic. But I can understand now how he got that way. Yeah. Because fuck me. For his, all the things that make skydivers so wonderful and so fun and so exciting are also the same things that make them so fucking difficult to work with yeah. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, on my drop zone, you know, you we are skydiving. It's, it's dangerous. Yeah. Right? So we are straight down the line. Yeah. Either you're in it to win it with us yeah. or you can go somewhere else. That's good. You know, I am very, how do I say, I'm very open to ideas and very open to letting people come and explain me other ideas. But end of the day, you know, it's kind of like well, you're, you're making the calls. It's it's my call. Yeah. No. Well, it needs to be that way, though, right? There's got to be one chief. Yeah. Because if, oh, my God, can you imagine if you let the inmates run the asylum? Yeah, exactly. You know, there's two, how much fun that would be. It'd be, it'd be, <laughs> it'd be fucking incredibly fun. <laughs> but you'd have but, people bouncing all over the place. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I, I think that's a good mentality too, is show up sober and ready to work. And then on your off time, fucking go for it. Yeah. I think that's a I good I don't care mentality. what you guys do on my time. End of the day, I don't care. When you're on my time, yeah. this is the way it is. Yeah. That's the way and it needs what, to be. What, I, what you do behind at your home, whatever you want to do when you're away from the drop zone, that's your problem. Yeah. But when you show up to work, I expect a certain amount of discipline and I expect you to be straight on, on board. Like so you must, you need to be ready to go and sober. What What do you think uh, Ray Farrell's expression is right now as he's watching this? <laughs> what? <laughs> what, Billy? Can you say that again. Repeat oh, yourself, please. The <laughs> fuck did you just say? <laughs> Him in his little yellow jumpsuit. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that. That's oh, right. That fucking bright banana. And he's jumpsuit. still jumping it, eh? I saw him a picture the other day. He was he was with Craig and Eliana and I think it was Costa Rica, I think. I think so. Awesome. But he still has a little yellow jumpsuit on. I mean, hey, you get a winning formula. We love you, right? Why not? Oh. I've still got my fucking flight suits around here somewhere. Me too. Yeah, they're they jumping on the drops in my bomber suits. Fucking yeah, man. Yeah. Those were great suits. Got like three or four of them. Great suits. They got Billy on the back. You know, yeah. Although I got to throw out, I'll have to show them to you after the podcast. Uh, um, uh, I, Tony Suits is, is part of the podcast now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in talking to Scott Callantine, who's running uh, Tony Suits with Flora, um, I told him I used to fucking love the Tony patch pants. Like I coveted those things. And all the cool kids that had money had those patch pants, but yeah. I never fucking had money. I was yeah. a dirtbag. Uh, and uh, he's like, why don't you get me some measurements? Seriously, I got all crazy excited. I'm like, <laughs> can we make them swoop short so I can fly in them? Because I'm not jumping that much. Fucking beautiful pair of patch Good. pants. Good so you, fucking Tony suits. Tony suits. Oh, dude. Get all geyser. And hey, well, it's funny too because people Love see and they're Tony. like, man, I, I dig the retro look. Yeah. And fuck yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is the shit. This was back all in the time. day, man. That's so, funny. Tony used to jump with my mom. Really? Yeah, they're buddies. They were they were awesome. old school buddies. Awesome. Yeah. He was a character. I had him and Flora on the podcast a while mm. back, and man, talk about OG stuff. Yeah, 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 for sure. I just had. Uh, did you ever meet uh, when you were out in Arizona a jumper by the name of Alice Hicks? No. Okay. I just uh, talked to her not that long ago as well. Total fucking badass. I think she's turning eighty this year. Her and her husband's still active fucking jumpers. Mm. Yeah, man. 
bad, just right. badass. That whole crew, it's next level because that was a different generation of skydiving. Yeah. You know, and we're we're fucking spoiled. Yeah, the shits skydiving was easy for us. Yeah, man, <laughs> are you kidding me? For as I bitch and moan that I had heavy heavy camera helmets and stuff, and then you see them when they had. <laughs> Those people. Yeah, and the the shit that uh, guys like Tom Sanders and Norman mm. Kent were jumping back in the day. It's and unbelievable. Jump it, the red ones. That's a heavy camera. Fuck all that. Yeah, not doing that again. No, no, man. There's this new Canon that came out that they, that they had, had me jumping about six weeks ago. Unbelievable footage. Oh, I'm sure. And it's small. It's like just normal Canon. Really? Yeah, that's unbelievable. There's yeah the the I've I paid the price for my camera days for sure. Wearing that fucking helmet yeah. that you guys can't oh, you see. You showed me the, showed me the x-rays today. Uh, yeah, dude. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. To, to don't. Yeah. Don't I, do that. I don't recommend it. It wasn't fun. I don't want to do that again. And the, honestly, the drugs didn't even make it fun. <laughs> yeah. It just, GoPros are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Those dude. GoPros, the footage of the GoPros are unbelievable. Well, Hero is the perfect name for it, at mm. least for skydivers. Because yeah, yeah. uh, my neck would be, I'd be a different human being. I'm a guy with Dukes. Duke's like, stop, stop, stop. And the guy was like, what, is my GoPro not on? He's like, no, your fucking leg straps aren't on, you idiot. You're about to jump off a bridge. <laughs> so, so I to that Duke's was on video, wasn't it? Was, oh, I spoke to Duke's about that. Fuck. Dude, I laughed so hard. Eh? That's why I still, to this day, <laughs> am convinced that Darwin doesn't have an effect on skydiving because there are so many times that people just should not have survived this yeah. sport. And they did, despite yeah. themselves. You can't, yeah. Oh. Well, as we wrap things up, plug the fuck out of your drop zone. Where are they going? How do they find you? How do they follow you on social media? How do they come out and jump with you? And what are your future plans? You just had a big fucking competition not that long ago. Set a world record. We set a bunch of world records. Hey? Fucking tell me about yeah. this shit before Everybody we go. Everybody that came out, I think literally every single person that came out set a personal best. That's ridiculous. We set a 4,200 feet above sea level. Sometimes the density altitude sits like six, 7,000 feet above sea level. So mm. it gets really fast. Yeah. You have, we set the world record in speed. We set the world record in distance. Old Cedric loves my drop zone. <laughs> and we just put a bid in for oh, 2024. Really? Yeah. Who's ready to come back to Africa? Go far. Go far. Fucking fast. hell. Dude, I'm telling yeah, you, man. you're my retirement plan. Come on down. That's it. I'm yeah. gonna, I am gonna. I got to find out what I need to do to get a license so I can come fly your pack and live Easy. in Easy. Little... <laughs> let me tell you the requirements. You need 1,000 hours total time. I'm good. <laughs> 250 <laughs> turbine time. That's I'm good. You need. I'm good. I think I got that. I think I got that. <laughs> Too funny. I think I got that the first two weeks I was flying the pack for right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's it's good, you know. Scottifpatoria.com. Uh, We're at uh, info at scottifpatoria.com. I have your. Yeah, you right have right. a hat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right there, Scott Pretoria. Look at that. There yeah. we go. Fucking oh. hell. Um, Scott Pretoria is, you know, it's my favorite place in the world to fly a parachute. Awesome. And that's why I bought the place. Really, end of the day, I. I I went there a year and a half after I started skydiving and you know, now we're sitting 20 years later and I own the place and we've got, we've got great tents, you know, you know, when you go on holiday, there's three things you need. Mm. You need a nice place to take shit. Yep. Right. Yeah. You don't need a, a nice shower and we've got, I've got, I've got gas showers, so full time, always hot showers. <laughs> the pressure is amazing. I love my showers. I love it. You're then, old. You're yeah. old. <laughs> And then we've got um, we've got some glamping tents. So you, you sleep in a tent, but it is first class. Eh? It's like you had a proper proper. Um, well, that's 
I've, I've seen the pictures that you've sent and it's beside the fact that the property is gorgeous and the tents are fucking pimp. They reminded me of the tents that I stayed in when I went on safari with my yeah, daughter. Safari tents. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Cause you've got a full on bedroom, yeah. hardwood floor, yeah. a, a tent flap door that goes to the full bathroom mirror, the whole nine yards. Yeah. It was fucking amazing. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's not massive. We've got small tents, sure, but it's got a, it's got a hotel bed in it. We've got clean sheets every single day we our sheets get changed they get clean they get washed i've got on site i've got uh for anybody who comes for a while i've got uh i've got um place where you can eat you can make your own food mm. we've got fridges we've got pretty much everything you need on a drop zone to live comfortably fucking hell yeah yeah that it's sounds like a good place to retire and the best time to skydive unfortunately isn't winter time people don't understand this i mean but we it gets cold at night but during the day it's stunning you know, it's 80 degrees during the day. Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, the heat's, yeah. No. And then at night, it gets down to about 65, 70. Yeah, but that's just a good reason to put on a fucking hoodie. Exactly. And yeah, no, I'd much rather have that than just sweating all the time or freezing all the time. Mm. Well, hot and cold is just fine with me. That's great. Yeah. We've got a great bar. we got a, you know, we have a phenomenal setup. It awesome. is unbelievable. My wife and I have done, my wife's done a phenomenal, such a good job getting that place ready. Awesome. You know, we've got, we got um, campfire there. We've got... Uh, place to barbecue you know we've got the pond we've got i mean the pond is 15 meters away from manifest really yeah 20 well, meters away from manifest. we were so talking quite a bit when you were putting that pond in that was a lot of fucking work well i wasn't putting in i was putting in the in the um in the sprinkler system to get it oh, ready that's for the right that's right that's right yeah, that's so right. the pond was there but you know i put 450 meters worth of piping in for all the sprinklers i had a tlb in the back there digging holes man i put a lot of work got all the grass but now it's, it's three times as wide. Mm. It's twice as long. Sure. The grass is soft. All year long, my grass is soft. Awesome. You know, I've, got a, I've got a rotational pump that you know pumps water into the pond. And then from the pond, all that water that comes out, there's fish in the pond. It really? goes into the grass. So it's not that swampy ass. No, no, no. It's clean, clean water. And it's clean borehole water. So you can drink the water that comes out of there. Jesus Christ. It is so clean. I still don't think I'd do that, but that's cool. Well, we, have, we, we do have one that pumps... Right next to the right next to the um not from the not from the pond, but a different line that pumps out and it's clean water. We've tested it and it's like ninety five percent. Oh fucking cool! It's ninety eight percent. It's it's like you the best water you can drink. Awesome. Yeah. Scott at Pretoria, that's where you're going to want to go. Yeah. This is Billy Sharman. Yeah, buddy. This fucking guy, man. It's great to have you back. It's good to be back. Thank you so much. We're gonna have to keep talking. I need to find out, especially if you win that bid. We're gonna have another talk. Yeah, yeah. for sure. We're gonna hype the shit out of it. I'll let you know. I will let you know. Fucking hell. The day we win it, because I'm not. It's not gonna be maybe. I know that every single person that competed at the last South African competition in Pretoria. They all ask me at least once, twice a week, hey, Billy, when are we coming back? When are we coming back? Because so we, were, we were televised. We were everything. People watching all over with, the world. With that in mind, um, who did you apply for it for? And who can all of these people start sending emails to? FAI. Send emails, messages yeah. to anybody you can get a hold of in the FAI that you want the 2024 World Cup. That's got it, Pretoria. Yeah, anytime. Cool. We're there. To, we're in it to win it. And we are there. If you want to come and train, if you want coaching, if you want whatever you want, we offer everything from belly coach, from FS coaching, excuse me, to <laughs> free fly, to canopy coaching, you name it. We've got it all. Perfect. Yeah, buddy. Brother. Yeah, man. Blue skies. See you soon. See ya.
All right, gang, so just a quick heads up. Uh, instead of doing what I've been promising for ages, which is to get around to that audiobook, instead I went ahead and compiled all 10 years of the Blue Skies writing that I did and put it together in a fucking book. It's going to go on Amazon here, real damn quick, listed as the Lunatic Fringe book. You'll be able to find it in pretty much any of the marketplaces that Amazon has. It is literally every single word I ever wrote from that magazine, and it's all put together in nice book form. You can buy it in ebook, you can buy it in paperback, and believe it or not, you can even buy it in fucking hardback. Uh, again, it's going to be available here really, really soon. This one not only includes all the articles that were in the first fucking pilot book, but about 60 more articles. It's got 350 or so pages of some pretty funny, inappropriate, and hopefully informative shit. So check it out. And there you have it. Another episode of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void brought to you as always by, and say it with me, fuck yeah, NZ Aerosports. Head to nzaerosports.com. By Pussfoot. That's right, head to Pussfoot.com, the Extreme Sports Collective, and check out everything they've got to offer. By Summit Parachute Systems.com. Jarrett Martin and the family cranking out amazing pilot rigs, as well as incredible rigging courses. And now joining the Lunatic team, it's the one and only Tony Suits. You know them, you love them. Head to TonySuit.com. Check out all the amazing standards, as well as the new incredible signature line they've got going on. And as for us, the Lunatic Fringe is now on YouTube. That's right, you're going to have the chance to put faces to the audio by heading to YouTube.com and looking up the Lunatic Fringe Podcast. It's easy. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, check out all the amazing videos from the previous guests that we've had, as well as new and upcoming interviews on video. As always, I am the fucking pilot. Head to thefuckingpilot.net or theprincesspilot.com. Thanks for joining. We'll see you next time around.